0: at butcherbox.com slash and use code morningcup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There were two more murders 15 miles one away. Was in the survived, we have weird. Described huh? by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. a of- murder. There are some events, tragic events. That will be remembered forever. Not just the event itself, but the lasting impression and change that it made on our world. On April 20th, 1999, the shooting at Columbine occurred. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. All of this, the whole tragic story that rocked the world and created a precedent for school shootings, began in 1996 with a private website on AOL. Eric Harris, 15, created this site to post his own levels for a first-person shooter game, but it quickly became a place where he would make jokes, often dark ones, about his family, friends, and classmates. Eric's partner in crime was friend Dylan Klebold, And together the boys would cause mischief, commit acts of vandalism, and make deadly plans with handmade bombs. In 1998, the website had new posts, posts about a murderous plot towards those who had wronged the boys. Even calling out one in particular, Brooks Brown. Brooks' parents got authorities involved, and upon viewing the site and its contents, a search warrant of Eric's home was drafted, but never submitted. The boys were arrested in January of 1998 after breaking into a van and stealing tools and computer equipment. They were sentenced and made to attend anger management programs. They were released early because of how well they were responding. Realizing his sight was getting him into trouble, Eric then reverted it back to gaming and started recording all of his private thoughts in a journal. In this journal, discovered after the massacre, Police found long, methodical preparations beginning as early as November of 1997. Their schoolwork also showed signs that something was brewing under the surface. Poems written from the perspective of a bullet, short stories about a man killing students, and video production assignments about hitmen, weapons, and shooting. In separate videos found after the massacre, the boys detailed their plans and reasons for the massacre where they hid their weapons, and how they kept their parents in the dark, and just 30 minutes before the attack, a goodbye video where they apologized for their actions. The boys prepared for everything. They obtained various weapons over the course of a few months, hid them from their families, and began using the anarchist cookbook to make a total of 99 bombs. By the morning of April 20th, 1999, the two teens had what they thought was a foolproof plan that they were ready to enact. The first thing the boys did was place two duffel bags containing propane bombs in the cafeteria with a detonation time of 11.17 a.m. Two backpacks filled with pipe bombs, aerosol canisters, and small propane bombs were placed in a field about two miles away, set to detonate just before the cafeteria bomb as a distraction for the fire department, and around 11.10 a.m., the boys arrived at Columbine High School, both cars containing bombs set to detonate at noon. The bombs alone would have been enough to take the lives of close to 500 students had they detonated like planned. While they waited for the explosion, Eric and Dylan armed themselves with the collected weapons and donned trench coats over their t-shirts. Eric's red, natural selection while Dylan said wrath. eleven seventeen passed and the cafeteria bombs failed to detonate. So, at 11 a.m., the boys formed their new plan and walked into the school's entrance with their guns ready. First poised to die were Rachel Scott and her friend Richard Costaldo, who were both having lunch on the grass near the school's entrance. Both were shot multiple times. Rachel died instantly, while Richard fell unconscious and was left paralyzed below the chest. Once inside, Eric aimed down the staircase and shot towards three students who were about to walk up the stairs. Daniel Robau was killed, and Sean Graves and Lance Kirkland were left injured. At this time, Dave Sanders, a teacher and coach at the school, heard the gunfire and began warning students in the cafeteria. Students were shot while sitting at the grassy hillside adjacent from the stairs, but all were able to survive the attack. Over the course of the shooting, many students were left injured and a handful survived by playing dead, and teachers were able to evacuate a handful of students through exits throughout the school. There was even a student, Aaron Hansi, who was being brought from classroom to classroom to perform first aid on students who had been hit. Art teacher Patty Nielsen, thinking it was a loud prank or a video being filmed, walked out into the hallway to tell the students to knock it off. When she and student Brian Anderson opened the door, they were both injured by gunshot and ran to the library to alert students inside and call 911 on the library phone. This library would soon become the scene for the climax of the Columbine shooting. At 11.29 a.m., Eric and Dylan entered the school's library where 52 students, two teachers, and two librarians hid. They began terrorizing and picking off students at random. Some died instantly while others were left to bleed on the floor. They targeted most of their anger on the jocks of the school, but were not above shooting those who never wronged either of them in any way. Those to lose their life were as follows. Rachel Scott, 17, Daniel Rohrbau 15, Dave Sanders, 47, Kyle Velasquez, 16, Stephen Kernow, 14, Cassie Bernal, 17, Isaiah Scholes, 18, Matthew Ketcher, 16, Corey DePuter, 17, Kelly Fleming, 16, John Tomlin, 16, and Lauren Townsend, 18. Ten of the 13 murdered took place in the library alone and 20 were wounded within the school. As the boys left the library, they began aimlessly walking through the school, looking at their handiwork. They shot into random classrooms and peered through the windows at the hiding students while smiling and laughing. They went back to the library to watch their car bombs detonate, which was by then empty of all surviving students except for two. At 12:02, they shot through the window at police. Fire was returned, but no one was injured. By 12.05, all gunfire had ceased, and by 12.08, the boys were dead from self-inflicted gunshot wounds. In total, 188 rounds were fired that day in Columbine High School, and when all was said and done, it was considered the worst school shooting in U.S. history. In the years following the Columbine shooting, there were more deaths attributed to the massacre in the way of suicide or addiction. There was also the Columbine Effect, which refers to the copycats that followed the shootings and may be responsible for shootings like Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook, and Stoneman Douglas. For years, officials and experts have tried finding a reason for the shooting. Mental illness and bullying seem to be the most obvious choice, but things like metal music, Marilyn Manson in particular, movies like Pulp Fiction and Natural Born Killers, and video games were all blamed as well. There was also intense criticism for the police and how they handled the shooting. In the end, we will never know exactly what possessed Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold to walk into their high school and create mass chaos. A quick side note, this is an extremely small snippet of the terrible events that unfolded on April 20th, 1999. It was a horrible and incredibly detailed day where many lost their lives. I urge you to, after hearing my very abridged version, do your own reading to fully understand what happened that day. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 21st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Sick of being upsold at gyms?